Welcome to Kaya, the college and young adult ministry of Midtown Baptist Temple, a ministry seeking to pursue a deeper faith in Jesus Christ through God's Word, fellowship, and prayer. Tad feels the need to babysit me a little bit. I don't blame him. Thank you. Uh, but yeah, no, but Alex was, has always been a risk taker. Uh, a guy like Miles. Miles, not a risk taker by nature, right? And Alex, have you jumped, you've jumped out of an airplane before. Yeah. Okay. I would never do that. Um, but you know what, though? I have in my, in, in my life, I have had people take risks on me, right? You know, you know what that's like? Has anybody ever taken a risk on you? When we started this church really early on, uh, you know, the first couple of years, um, I was actually where you're at, you know. I, was, I, was, I had just gotten married. I was 22, 23 years old. When Sam Miles came to me, I can tell you exactly where I was standing, and he came to me and said, I want you to, uh, to, to spearhead the, uh, the student ministry, the junior high and high school. Okay, now that, if you could have seen me in that moment of time, that would have been the most absurd thing, right? You, the, like, it just not a fit in my mind. And, and, uh, and as I thought about it, I told him, okay, man, I'll pray about it. But as I thought about it, I thought about all the ways I wasn't qualified, all the ways I wasn't experienced, had never had any experience with students. Uh, thought about all the ways I wasn't mature enough, right? I mean, I, I went to Bible study. I cleaned up around the church. I was you know, somewhat evangelical in my day-to-day life. And, uh, but I wasn't qualified to teach every single Sunday and to, and to take a pastoral-like role over the lives of anybody, right? I was just trying to figure out how to not ruin my marriage, you know what I mean? I'm like 22, I have no idea what I'm doing. And he took a risk on me. He took a risk on me. And uh, today in Acts, we're going to see Paul take a risk on a young man named Timotheus. And, uh, and, and we need to ask ourselves, well, what did he see in him? What is it that, we, that he saw in Timothy? And what did Timothy sacrifice? And what did his family sacrifice in order to answer the call? Today's message is called Learning to Assess Risk. Okay? And what we're going to be talking about is, is understanding risks in our life in accordance to God's economy. Okay, you ready to do that? Let's pray real quick. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we love you, and we thank you for this time. And again, we're overjoyed. And uh, Lord, I, have, I don't have a whole lot of time to communicate a lot of stuff, and so I'm going to need your help. Uh, Lord, I pray you would put me aside. I pray that you would, um, Lord, make your, your word clear to those who are listening, uh, that they would be provoked to righteous and faithful living, uh, that we would desire to grow. Uh, that we would desire to follow you, and Lord, that we would desire to see all the risks of our life um, every single moment in light of who you are. Uh, We pray for your help in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's start by reading Acts chapter 16, verses 1 through 5. Then came he to Derbe and Lystra, and behold, a certain uh, disciple was there named Timotheus, the son of a certain woman, which was a Jewess and, and believed, but his father was a Greek which was well reported of by the brethren that were at Lystra and Iconium. Him would Paul have to go forth with him and took and circumcised him because of the Jews which were in those quarters, for they knew all that his father was a Greek. And as they went through the cities, they delivered them 
the decrees for to keep that were ordained of the apostles and elders which were at Jerusalem. And so were the churches established in the, in, in the faith and increased in number daily. And so what do we see here? Paul and Silas are going out on Paul's second missionary journey, okay? And, uh, and so they're going out with the primary objective of going to encourage the churches that they've already helped establish in the first place. And so they're going back and they're retracing their steps, if you will. They started in Tarsus, and now they're headed to Derby and Lystra. Now, as they get to Derby, okay, and I'm sorry, as they get to Lystra, they get to the city, and they start seeing what's going on, right? They're checking in with people, and they're watching. And what they do is they observe this young man named Timotheus, uh, who is hard at work and serving the church there in Lystra. And he's got a reputation. He's got a good report among the believers there. And as Paul is conversing with the Christians, people only have really good things to say about this guy, Timotheus. And, and his, his testimony is such that it's not just those folks in Lystra that he's had an impact on, right? It's also Iconium, and the, which is the neighboring township. So, so his report has gone beyond just the city that he lives in, but has spread over into the, into the neighboring city. This guy is a faithful man. Now, at the time, we suspect that, that Timothy was probably about 16 years old, which is pretty young. Now, granted, a 16-year-old 2,000 years ago is probably about as mature as a 22-year-old today. Okay, so we, you know, we can take that into to, to factor. But, but, but Timothy had this reputation even as a young man that he was faithful. And you can imagine as Paul comes into the city and he starts watching Timothy at work, you can see that his imagination is starting to go and, it, and, and, and the wheels are beginning to turn in Paul's mind. And he begins imagining what it might be like to bring this young man with him. All right, now you can imagine all the questions he might be asking, right? He might, he might be asking questions like, well, is he physically mature enough? In other words, in his day-to-day life, is, is he, uh, you know, is he hardworking? Uh, you know, is he, um, does he, you know, keep things clean? Is he administratively gifted, right? Does he make sure that, that, he's, um, that his testimony is blameless before other people? Is he spiritually mature? Does he care for the things of God's word? Is his character uh, uh, that of Jesus Christ? Is he being conformed to the image of... These are all the questions that he might be asking. And as he, as he looks around and he uh, surveys the evidence, it seems as though Timothy is, pr- is a pretty mature guy. But here's the deal. When the chips are down, is Timothy the type of guy that Paul can count on? And so here's our, our question that we're going to lead off with today. Are you the type of Christian that other people want to take risks on? Are you the type of Christian that when your leaders in ministry see you, um, they look at you and they consider whether or not you're the type of person they want to take a risk on to oversee this thing or that thing or to get help with this or that? You know, uh, that's a really big deal, especially at the, the age and stage that a lot of you are in your walk. This is a big question for you because you are taking some of the the broadest steps in ministry that you've ever taken. And this is the moment in ministry where pastors and leaders want to take risks on you. Can they handle this little thing? If I give this little thing to them, can they handle that? I'll watch and I'll see. 
But here's the deal. There's, there's some in ministry that no one's willing to take risks on. And the reason is because you haven't proven yourself to be faithful yet. yet. Your report is not such that you can be counted on yet. And so we've got to continually be asking ourselves, am I the type of person that my leaders want to take a risk on? Am I in that place? Now, every disciple of Jesus Christ has a precipice moment. What I mean by that is that every one of us come to places in our walk that we stand at the, at the, at the, the cleft or the edge of life, of spiritual life. And we have, we have the choice to take the next big step. We have the choice to do that. And Paul is faced with one of those moments right here. And we ask ourselves questions like, is what I'm being called to do, to be, to steward, to honor, to serve, really worth the risk associated with it? So in the case of Paul, let's talk about Paul's risks, okay? In the case of Paul, he, he had to ask himself, is discipling Timothy, is bringing him along really worth the risk involved? If you remember, I mean, we just got done talking about this, there was a guy named John Mark that once upon a time Paul took a risk on who was a young man who looked faithful, who they assumed would be mature enough to handle the difficulty and the challenges of ministry, and they took a risk on him. And that risk did not pan out. And in Paul's eyes, John Mark was a, was a detriment to the mission. And so when we talk about risk, what we're talking about is exposure to the chance of injury or loss. A hazard of dangerous chance. The hazard of chance of loss. And every time we make big decisions in, in ministry, we know that we've got to weigh the cost-benefit, right? We have, to, we have to ask ourselves, is this risk worth taking? Some of you asked yourselves that question this morning as you were getting ready to come to church. We always have to ask ourselves, is this risk worth taking? And now clearly, there was a lot at risk for Paul. The mission was a big deal to Paul, as we've seen, right? It was a big deal to Paul. And he wasn't willing to, to take chances on things that might negatively impact him taking the gospel to the entire known world. This was his primary objective. He was set on it. His heart was bent towards that. And he didn't want anything to get in the way of that. And so he, here he is asking himself... Whether or not Timothy is the guy worth taking a risk on. You know, risk is always assessed in light of what we value personally. Risk is different for everyone. Risk for Alex is different than risk for me. Right? It is just different. We, see, we might see things that I'm not afraid of, he might be afraid of. Okay, but certainly there are things that he is not afraid of that I am. Right? Like dogs. Right? So I go over to your house and like sushi's there and I'm kind of sweating a little bit. <laughs> Will this dog take my life today? Now, if you know, sushi's like this big. So, um, but, but we always assess risk in light of what we value personally. Am I willing to potentially give up one thing for the sake of this other thing? Now, ultimately, the answer is dependent on which thing we value the very most. So key point, for the Christian, 
The value of Christ and his mission must frame every single decision we make. The value of Christ and his mission must frame every decision that we make. In other words, because of Jesus, I can fill in the blank, whatever the risk is. Because of Jesus Christ and obedience to the Great Commission, I can fill in that blank. Whatever the risk is, you can fill in the blank there. Because in light of who Jesus Christ is and our estimation of his personage, that affects what we really see in terms of what is actually a risk and what isn't. Okay? So for Paul, he so greatly valued the mission that he could see potential in Timothy beyond that very moment. He had a vision that involved reaching the whole world with the gospel. And it was this thing that he valued that compelled him to say yes to Timothy. This guy is the man for the job. Because of the mission, I know that I can bring Timothy along and I believe that Jesus Christ is at work in this young man's life and I can take a risk on him because of the mission. For Paul, he so greatly valued the process of discipleship that he could see potential in Timothy beyond that very moment. He had a vision that involved trusting the Lord to grow and to mold this young man into a pastor and a missionary. It was Paul's estimation of Jesus that informed his willingness to risk his time, his energy, and heartache into a faithful young man. Our value of Christ and his mission will inform the way in which we approach every single decision that we make, every single day, and certainly in every aspect of ministry. Is going the way of God going to be worth it? Now, there was risks for Timothy and his, his family as well, wasn't there? Paul was not the only one that had to assess the risks. There were a lot of risks involved for Timothy and his family. After all, it was not that long ago that they witnessed Paul stoned in their very city. Timothy and his family, Timothy would have maybe been 13 years old at the time. Him and his family, or, or maybe 14 they would have seen Paul stoned and dragged outside of the city, assumed for dead. They would have had vivid images of Paul, bloody, in pain, abused. Now, while Timothy was culturally ready for apprenticeship as a 16-year-old, most apprenticeships in that day and age didn't include stonings. Imagine for a moment being Timothy's parents. They would have had to grapple with a very, very difficult decision here. Whether or not to send their son into almost sure danger. Now in our world today, I would say that as of, what's today, the 17th? May 17th, 2020, the thing that we value most in the entire world is safety. That's the thing that we probably, that's the commodity that we value the very most. And I use the word commodity because everything that we produce in terms of a society right now seems to affect comfort and safety. If you want to make money today, I mean, right? Safety is a big deal, Eric. Amen. Eric markets safety. That's his job. Because <laughs> he plays on the fear of 
No, I'm joking. <laughs> no, but, but you guys know this, right? In our world today, we are raised culturally by parents that coddle us from the, room, uh, from the womb, and, and they don't want any, any sort of risk of danger to enter into our lives. This is why we have terms like helicopter parent, right? That's why that term exists today, because we have, in our society, we have parents that want to insulate us from every type of risk. And so then when it comes to ministry, we look around and we have fears that are completely unnecessary in light of who Jesus Christ is, because we've been trained to think that way. Now here we have some parents who have to ask themselves some very difficult questions. Timothy and his family were completely aware, aware of what it would mean to, to send him with Paul. You know, after all, these were the men that hazarded their lives for the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. They knew what they were getting into. Key point number two, for the Christian, for the Christian. The urge to obey biblical conviction diminishes personal fear. The passion, the compelling, the desire, the burning fire within you to obey the words of Scripture, to live the plan for your life that God is calling you to specifically, that desire that's boiling up inside of you, in light of that, all fear diminishes. The fear of God always, always causes fears of the world to erode. Always does. In other words, when God shows you what it means to obey him in your life personally, neither height nor depth, nor death nor life, neither risk or reward will keep you from loving and obeying his very words. Romans 12, 1, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world. Why? Because there's fear there. There's fear there. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So Paul agreed to receive Timothy. And Timothy and his family agreed to let go. And Timothy had to count the cost almost immediately. Look at verse 3. Him would Paul have to go forth with him and took and circumcised him because of the Jews which were in those quarters for they knew all that his father was a Greek. So the very first thing Timothy has to do is, is have a procedure. I mean... So they're counting the costs theoretically one moment, but the next moment, those, those costs are being evaluated in a very physical way. His life is being put on examination. Okay, you said it, now live it. And you know here, we talked about this a few weeks ago, that it's grace that, be, that, 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 that called Timothy to do this. In other words, the Jews knew who Timothy was. They knew his, that his, his father was a Greek. They knew who he was, and if he was going to have a proper testimony among the Jews, and if he was going to minister to them, it was very important to the Jews that he would minister to, and for the sake of blamelessness, to be circumcised. So he was willing to make that decision. 
for the, for the sake of the gospel. And so he did. But he had to count the cost almost immediately, right? Now our next question, and, our, and our, the question that has to kind of summarize everything. Okay, so they, they, they count the risks. They assess the risk in light of who Jesus is. In light of the mission. They, 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 they look at the risk and they say it's worth it. The next question is, well, what is gained? What is gained? What is gained for those of us who decide to put our faith in Jesus Christ regardless of the risk? Now, certainly no one would have blamed Timothy for staying home. No one would have blamed him. In fact, if Timothy stayed home, he would have been an amazing minister, I'm sure of it. I'm sure he would have grown in maturity. I'm sure he would have have great influence on the church at Lystra and Iconium. I'm sure he would have allied himself to Paul. I'm sure he would have been faithful to obey God's word. I'm sure he would have had an amazing impact. No one doubts that. But he was asked to take a risk. And so what was gained in all of this risk-taking? What came of the decision to abandon all for the sake of the call. In the 80s, there was a song about, about abandoning, you YouTube it yet later, about abandoning all for the sake of the call. I don't know, it was Stephen Curtis Chapman or something. You remember that song? Okay, well. What was gained? What was the outcome? Verse four. And as they went through the cities, they delivered them the decrees for to keep that were ordained of the apostles and elders which were at Jerusalem. And so were the churches established in the faith and increased in number daily. There was an outcome. And that outcome was fruitfulness. What was the outcome? What was the outcome? Really, what was the outcome of this whole thing? In 2 Timothy chapter 2, I'm sorry, chapter 1, Paul is looking back on his life with Timothy. And he's kind of He's kind of working through what was the outcome. Was this all worth it, Timothy? As he writes the letter, he's thinking back and he's remembering. And it goes something like this, verse 2, to Timothy, my dearly beloved. My dearly beloved son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father in Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God whom I serve from my forefathers with pure conscience, that without ceasing I have remembrance of thee in my prayers night and day. Greatly desiring to see thee. Being mindful of thy tears, that I may be filled with joy when I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelled first in, the, in, the, in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, And I am persuaded that in in thee also. Wherefore I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Be Be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me his prisoner. But be thou partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God who hath saved us and called us with an holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began, but is now made manifest by the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ, who hath abolished death 
and hath brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. Whereunto I am appointed a preacher and an apostle and a teacher of the Gentiles, for the which cause I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed, for I know who I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. What was the outcome of obeying in the risk? For Paul, it was a son and a friend. It was the experience of raising him up to be a faithful minister. Obedience for Paul, taking a risk for Paul, meant the spreading of the gospel to the whole world. But for Paul, the risk also meant the gallows. For Timothy, there was pain in the mission. There was pain in the mission following Paul. There was suffering. There was shipwreck. But it also meant ordination. The risk also meant that he would become a pastor and he would lead the church in Ephesus. See, for both of these men, the risk, the risk, it was worth it. For pain or for gain, it was worth it. Key point. Whatever is sacrificed as a matter of truth and faith will always produce gain. Now, it may produce suffering, but that's of little significance to us. You understand? That's of little significance to us. Whatever is sacrificed as a matter of truth and faith will always produce gain. See, Paul, he's in prison when he writes this letter to Timothy. And he's sitting there and he's thinking back on all of his life. And he's thinking about his relationship with Timothy. And he's recalling everything. You know what he focuses on? The gain. The gain. It was all worth it. It was all worth it. When I assess my life, it was worth it. You know, Sam took a risk on me. For, for no other reason than the Holy Spirit told him to do so. I don't understand it. I still don't understand it. You know, what are you failing to listen to that the Holy Spirit's saying? What areas of your life are you struggling to have faith in? What risks are you just not willing to take? I want to challenge you this morning as we close in prayer. I'll have the worship team come up. As we close out, I want to challenge you this morning to consider the risks. The risks beyond this moment, okay? But the risks that you anticipate along the way. Have you really counted the cost of being a disciple of Jesus Christ? Are you really willing to go all the way? Or do you still have fears that you're holding on to? Gaps in your faith you're not willing to deal with. It's time to lay those down. Let's do that now as we close in worship. If you need to pray with someone, grab them. Throw your mask on if need be. But pray with someone. And let's challenge these aspects of our life, the areas that we're afraid to take risks. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you so much for the testimony of Paul and Timothy. And Lord, I'm so thankful that this room is full of young men and young women who are counting the cost. And the challenges that face them, Lord, they're reckoning those things rightly. I know it. And Lord, I just, I just pray and I call upon you, Lord, please continue 
to give us the faith, to show us the way, to give us the grace and the strength to say yes to you as it concerns anything you ask of us. To be a missionary, to go, to go to foreign fields, to, to be a church planner, to say yes to the call of a missionary, to say yes to the call of a ministry aspect of, of, of this church that we have not yet considered. Lord, please draw us into that and give us faith. Faith as it concerns though we need, those we need to witness to. Those we need to call. Those we need to de- declare the gospel of peace to. Give us faith. Give us strength. And let us take risks. We are, we are sacrifices and it's only just reasonable. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope that today's message encouraged you to follow Christ in his word. For more information about Kaya, for service times and information about our disciple-making ministry, please visit our website at caya.live.